Welcome to episode 53 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, is it possible to pack an entire Thanksgiving dinner in your pack? Nope. But there are a few things you can pack that will get you pretty close to it. Then on the Summit Gear Review, a unique way to light your camp space. On the Backpack Hack of the Week, you'll learn the secret ingredient that will make all your backpacking dinners palatable. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from Retki. Yes, that's right. That's how you pronounce it? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All this and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. Well, November 26th is Thanksgiving this year. In the U.S. and Canada celebrated it last month. Well, we are lucky to have some journal entries written by William Bradford that we're going to read through today because these are fascinating. I mean, in some ways, when you're out backpacking, you feel like a pilgrim or a pioneer. You're just, you know, it's man and woman against the wild. You have this vast expanse in front of you and you have the opportunity to explore it or conquer it. You know, you get that same feeling that maybe the pilgrims might have had when they hit land. So these entries were written by William Bradford, who was one of the original pilgrims. He was a passenger on the Mayflower, and the Mayflower, just uh, like a week earlier, they had sighted land. So they had, uh, you know, got within, within sight of the North American continent. On the Mayflower, they had a smaller boat called a shallop that they had partially dismantled so that they could carry it on the Mayflower. So after they sighted land, it actually took a week or so to kind of put the boat together so that they could start exploring closer to shore. And so that's where this picks up. They really haven't even landed yet in, in terms of like the whole boat, the whole Mayflower landing. They've just sighted shore. They've put the shallop together. And now they're starting to explore. He said, Monday, the 13th of November, we unshipped our shallop and drew her on land to mend and repair her. Our people went on shore to refresh themselves and our women to wash, as they had great need. But whilst we lay thus still, hoping our shallop would be ready in five or six days, some of our people, impatient of delay, desired to travel by land into the country, which was not without appearance of danger, to see whether it might be fit for us. And so, with cautions, directions, and instructions, Sixteen men were set out with every man his musket, sword, and corslet, which is a piece of defensive armor that covers the torso, under the conduct of Captain Miles Standish, William Bradford, Stephen Hopkins, and Edward Tilly. Wednesday, the 15th of November, they were set ashore, and when they had ordered themselves and marched about the space of a mile, by the sea, they espied five or six people with a dog coming toward them, who were savages, who when they saw them ran into the wood and whistled the dog after them. First, they supposed them to be Master Jones, the master and some of his men, for they were ashore and knew of their coming. 
But after they knew them to be Indians, they marched after them into the woods, lest the other Indians should lie in ambush. But when the Indians saw our men following them, they ran away with might and main, and our men turned out of the wood after them, for it was the way they intended to go, but they could not come near them. They followed them that night about ten miles by the trace of their footings, and saw how they had come the same way they went. At length, night came upon them, and they were constrained to take up their lodging. So they set forth three sentinels, and the rest, some kindled a fire, and others fetched wood, and there held our rendezvous that night. And thus it begins. That's the beginning of what we know as the Thanksgiving story. You know, that first relationship that they had with the Indians and, well, Native Americans, Indians, they didn't know what to call them. They thought they were savages. And so I think there was maybe some relationship building that kind of probably went on that first Thanksgiving. We took our own Thanksgiving trip with our family last year into the wilderness. We selected a low elevation portion of the Pacific Crest Trail just north of the Columbia River in Washington State and hiked for, I think it was about three and a half miles to a campsite. We were going to spend a couple nights there, but this is what it sounded like on our first night as we ate our Thanksgiving dinner on the trail. Well, our family is out on the Pacific Crest Trail right now in lots of rain, getting wet, but we're all huddled inside the kids' tent right now eating our Thanksgiving dinner. Potatoes and stuffing and uh, turkey sausage. So guys, what do you think? Are we going to survive the night? Yeah, I think with the tarp over the kids' tent, we'll do all Just that. say we're all going to die and we'll all live. I well, the so. kids' tent door zipper broke. So that's a bit of a problem. I'm glad we brought the backup tarp though. Yeah. That's we knew sure. it was going to rain, or we figured it was going to rain. We brought the tarp so we could have an area to prepare food, but it ended up being um, a tent repair. Yeah. Mm. Does anyone want more mashed potatoes? It's getting to the, the dry part at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Now that was actually a couple days before Thanksgiving. We did have a real Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving Day at my parents' house. I mean, we just can't miss Thanksgiving dinner. But it really got us thinking, how can you do Thanksgiving dinner on the trail? Like, how can you get all those flavors? It's just such a great combination. It's my favorite meal of the year. How do you get that on the trail? Well, I also love the colors of Thanksgiving, just how everything, I mean, you get the, the crackling skin on the turkey that's kind of that golden brown color, and then you get that bright crimson red cranberry sauce, and there's all the pumpkin uh, and squash that are just that really rich, deep orange. So, so many beautiful colors. We have a top five list for you, which is the top five foods to bring on your Thanksgiving backpacking trip. So of course we need turkey, right? Yeah, and that's the hardest to fit in a pack. I mean, what does a turkey weigh? Like 20 pounds? Yeah, so that kind of doubles your pack weight. So if you can shrink it down. Get all the water out. Preserve it and make it into little bite-sized snack pieces. <laughs> yeah, and then you're set. So the number one food to bring on your Thanksgiving backpacking trip is turkey jerky. 
You can also take like a turkey pepperoni stick. Whether you take jerky or a pepperoni stick, it's going to be about 90 calories an ounce. It barely makes the cut. But this is Thanksgiving. We're splurging a little, right? So we'll go under 100 calories an ounce just this once. The number two food to bring on your Thanksgiving backpacking trip is Thanksgiving trail mix. Because of course, you have to eat while you walk. And this is something that you can get really creative with. So think of things like dried cranberries. Cranberries are actually a fruit that's native to North America. Um, Pumpkin seeds are another great healthy thing to add to trail mix. If you want it to just look really festive, then Reese's Pieces always have that fall look. Candy corn is another one, or if you want to do a little bit less sugar, then corn nuts are a good option. Or if you've heard of half pops, those are pretty trendy right now. They're a little bit less, uh, a little less painful than corn nuts. If you want to go really authentic with your trail mix, then stick with pecans and black walnuts because those are both native to North America. And if you're feeling super nostalgic for that yam marshmallow dish, then go ahead and throw some mini marshmallows in there. And uh, it's almost like dessert for dinner. (laughs) Yeah, well, Thanksgiving trail mix is great because there's so many options and you can go uh, more like modern Thanksgiving sort of flavors. Or like you were talking about, you can go kind of the other direction with a more authentic experience, a more authentic mix of what the pilgrims may have had with cranberries, not cranberry sauce, but the cranberries, the pecans, the black walnuts, some of that stuff. That's really cool. The number three food that you can bring on your Thanksgiving backpacking trip is pumpkin pie fruit leather. So instead of taking an actual pumpkin pie on the trail, We're going to simplify it, dehydrate it, and make pumpkin pie fruit leather. So that way you get all the flavors of pumpkin pie that you're craving at Thanksgiving time. Without a mess in your pocket. Exactly. So what you'll need for this is a large container of full-fat Greek yogurt. You'll need some pumpkin puree, and I usually just add it in for the color. Then you'll need some cinnamon and cloves, nutmeg, allspice, kind of those those pumpkin pie flavors. Just start throwing in the cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and allspice and taste it till it has just that right amount of uh, pumpkin pie flavor to it. Yeah, add a dash of vanilla, a couple squirts of honey so that your fruit leather won't crack. The honey makes it more pliable. And then you'll just pour it onto parchment paper and dehydrate it either in the oven or in a food dehydrator. And it's really, I mean, it's a simple recipe. It's not uh, all measured out or anything. You can just taste it. And if it tastes good in the bowl, it'll taste good dehydrated. So you'll just need to dehydrate this until it's pliable, but not sticky or tacky on top. You just want to get all the water out. So if it's tacky, you need to let it go longer. And if it's kind of dry and brittle, then you've gone too long. But the honey should make it so it doesn't get too dry and brittle. The honey is really great for that pliability in fruit leather. Well, the last two on our top five list of Thanksgiving backpacking trip foods are just classics. You got to have these. Number four is stuffing. Just get stovetop stuffing. It comes in at about 110 calories per ounce. But then what you do is you add a little olive oil to that, and that bumps up the calorie density even further. 
All you got to do is add hot water to the package of stovetop stuffing, drizzle it with that 240 calorie per ounce olive oil, and you're, you're ready to go. That is just such a classic part of Thanksgiving dinners. And, you know, in a pinch, you can even rehydrate it with cold water. And same thing goes with our last item on our top five list, dehydrated mashed potatoes. And you can make these extra creamy if you add neato. If you just walk down the mashed potato aisle at the grocery store, you will see dozens of different flavors and varieties. There are just so many fun flavors out there. There's the baby reds and the sour cream and chives and just lots of fun, fun flavors to try. And if you tend to be kind of a lazy chef on the trail, the mashed potatoes are great because you can just add the hot water to the package. And if you have a long enough spoon, then you should be able to stir it up and just eat it right out of the package. No shame. And they're usually under a dollar a package. Yeah, that beats the, you know, seven to nine dollars of a freeze dried dinner by far. So there's your Thanksgiving meal idea list for backpacking. I mean, we just love this idea of being able to take Thanksgiving and kind of distill it down to those essential flavors and take it out on the trail. Oh, and don't forget to take your post Thanksgiving nap. Absolutely. This time of year is kind of dark, and while you're enjoying your Thanksgiving meal while you're backpacking, of course, the sun has already set, and you need some ambiance. You know, a campfire is a great way to have that ambiance. When we took our trip last year with the family, it was so wet that we never got the campfire started. But in episode 46, we covered some different ways to kind of recreate the ambiance of a campfire when either they're banned or, like in our case, it was so wet that we couldn't get one going. (laughs) And one of the products that we mentioned was the Luminade. Today on the Summit Gear Review, we're going to do a full review of the Luminade Packlight 16. So if I were to boil down the Luminade Packlight 16, I would say it's an inflatable flashlight. Yeah, or an inflatable, rechargeable lantern. Oh, that's even better. Thank you. Exactly. Or think Chinese lantern. Yeah. That's kind of what I think of, but high tech. Yeah, it's definitely high tech. In fact, today is a little bit dark because we have a pretty low cloud cover and we're recording this inside of our little tent of sound. So we have the Luminate on right now to kind of illuminate everything. And it's great because it's such diffused light. So you kind of get this really nice glow that reaches everywhere. The Luminade is made of TPU, which is thermopolyurethane plastic. So while it may appear to be like a PVC plastic, it's actually totally different. TPU has some interesting properties. It has abrasion resistance, which is exactly what you need on the trail, has low temperature performance, So it doesn't get brittle when it gets cold out. It has rubber-like elasticity, which is really great because you're going to be inflating and deflating this multiple times. It has much higher strength than PVC. It has great transparency. And, bonus, it's oil and grease resistant. The Luminade has a lithium-ion rechargeable battery. Well, lithium-ion has been around for quite a while now, but... You know, back in the olden days, we had NICAD, nickel cadmium, and those batteries, you know, they had to be fully discharged before they could be recharged. Uh, Otherwise, they would kind of fail. And they didn't seem to have a lot of energy density. So lithium ion, I mean, it's what you've got in your cell phone battery and and stuff like that. 
Uh, it's just a much better technology. It's much more power dense. You can recharge it at any stage of the discharge cycle. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, worry-free. Yeah, I like low maintenance gear. It's built with a high efficiency monocrystalline solar panel. When we say high efficiency, these are 19% efficient, which means that of all of the energy coming from the sun that lands on the solar panel of the Luminade, the solar panel converts 19% of that energy into electricity to store in the battery. And that today is considered high efficiency. How about that? I mean, where else would you see that something that gets a fifth of the incoming energy would be considered high efficiency? But that's the technology of solar panels. I mean, they've still got a long ways to go. Monocrystalline solar panels have been around for decades, and they have pretty much not changed in efficiency over the last 20 years. They're still right here at about 20%, 25% tops. So Illuminate is just kind of in the middle of the pack there in terms of efficiency. There are some newer technologies that have come out in the past 10 years that are getting up close to 50% efficiency. So that's really cool. I don't know if any of those are like portable yet to where you could put them into backpacking devices. But, you know, the research is happening and hopefully it'll progress even further. But right now, yeah, we're stuck with 19% efficiency and that is considered really good. I love how things are happening so rapidly nowadays. I mean, the technology that's happening right in front of our eyes that we have access to that we can take with us on the trail is just amazing. Sure. And, you know, it's not just the solar panel advances because nowadays we have LED lights instead of incandescent lights. And that's what makes something like the Luminate even possible. If the Luminate had a, an incandescent light, I mean, the battery life would be what, like an hour tops? And so it's all these technologies that come together that make these products possible. So as far as utility goes, the Luminade Packlight 16 has six hours of LED light on the extra bright setting. That's the very first button that you push. It goes to the extra bright setting. If you push it again, you'll get to the high setting, and that will give you 10 hours. And then if you push the button again, you'll get to the low setting, and that's 30 hours. And then it also has one more time you can push it, where it will go to a flashing setting. That's more of like an emergency beacon type setting. And that will go for 32 hours. Isn't that cool? 30 hours of light. This lantern is really easy to carry and to use in camp. It has a handle on the top so you can you know, carry it around camp. But it also has two holes on each of the side corners. So you can attach it inside of your tent and hang it like a little light. And it's waterproof up to a meter and floats. I think it'd be really cool to drag it behind a canoe and Aww, like yeah. on, on a moonlit night. That'd be cool. For mass, this weighs 2.9 ounces. And when this Luminade is deflated and folded up and snapped shut, it's about the size of a smartphone from 2005. So not as thin as today's smartphones. Just a little bit bulkier, but not much. It's, it's pretty impressive how small it is. When it's opened up completely, but not inflated, it's about the size of a piece of copy paper. And when it's inflated, it gains about four inches of loft. And that loft is so important because that's what diffuses the light. If you just turned on the light without inflating the pack light, you could use it still. It's a great little flashlight, but you don't get that glow that's so great to have when you're just, you know, writing your journal at night or when you just want to prepare dinner and not have this beam 
pointed right at your dehydrated food. <laughs> you want kind of just an ambient light. Maintenance is easy. It's oil resistant. It's waterproof. Uh, it recharges completely in about seven hours of direct sunlight. Now, of course, on a cloudy day, that's going to take much longer. It should endure hundreds of recharge cycles, uh, so it should last many years of continuous use. For investment, the Pack Light 16 is around $25. You can also order something called the Give Light Get Light package for $35, which will get you a light, and then Luminade will send a light to a disaster relief organization, and the Luminades will be distributed to people in a disaster. And I think that is. Just beautiful because one of the things that makes a disaster so scary is that you lose power, and when you lose power, you lose light. That even happened on that backpacking trip that we took last Thanksgiving. We got to the campsite just as it was getting dark. Plus, it just started raining at that you know right as we arrived. And I'd been on lots of campouts growing up where we hiked in the rain. We got there after dark. On scout campouts, and and so we just got used to that, and we knew how to deal with it. But、uh, on this trip last fall, it's like we show up at the campsite, and the entire family is paralyzed in the dark and the rain. Everyone's just standing there, and it, you know I'm starting to get the tents out and and kind of start giving instructions to help everyone get moving again. But that really can paralyze you, and、uh, we didn't have the luminade at that time. But I think it would have had an effect on the family if we'd been able to just put that up,、uh, you know, hang it from a tree or something, and and all of a sudden we'd have some light to kind of bring everyone back to reality. Like, okay, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, light has some amazing power. We used the luminade on our trip a couple months ago to the redwoods、uh, in September. Of course, in September the days are still fairly long, but the fact remained that we were still getting to camp right around dark. And it was really nice to pull out the luminade because it just lit up the entire area for everyone in the group. It just it it became a focal point as everyone got together to have their dinners. For some reason, the luminade that we had started to kind of give at one of the seams and split. There was a little micro micro hole right where the seam met up on the side. So I called up Luminade, and they quick sent out a new one and a return package for the one that had the leak in it. So the one-year warranty is real, and they're definitely anxious to make sure that everyone has a great experience with the Luminade. Yeah, I think that particular Luminade that we got, it seems like the sealing of the plastic just hadn't quite, maybe it wasn't quite lined up right, and so that edge was just too thin, and started to leak. It could have been, and Luminate is a very new company, and you know when companies are starting out, they're working with manufacturers and trying to get things all ironed out. They're doing good things, and they're trying to make sure everyone has a good experience. So, if you do purchase a Luminate and you have an issue with leaking within the first year, make sure that you let them know, and、uh, they can get that taken care of for you. Yeah, that's better than trying to patch it up yourself, and、uh, yeah, just have them take care of it. Speaking of new, they were on Shark Tank、uh, this year.、Uh, so season six, episode seventeen, they were one of the few where every shark on Shark Tank was giving them an offer, and they ended up going with Mark Cuban. Excellent. Maybe they'll have a light up basketball someday. <laughs>、uh, I hope I haven't seen that episode. Maybe they already made that joke. 
Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen the episode either. <laughs> we'll have to watch it. The Luminade Packlight 16 is a great way to get diffused light into your tent or into your camp. It's just a really nice glow. And I think there's something so comforting about having a glow in camp. For today's backpack hack of the week, Starbucks Sriracha. Yeah, I don't know if you roll the R because it's Asian. Sriracha. Sounds good. Okay, sounds authentic. Well, sriracha sauce is one of America's favorite new condiments. Most often you'll see it in Asian restaurants, but it's becoming more ubiquitous. It's the red bottle with the rooster on it, and it's really spicy. And one of the things people love about it is that it covers a multitude of sins in the kitchen. If you have messed up on dinner, (laughs) adding sriracha will really uh, save it. Kind of like ketchup used to back in the 50s. You know, when mom burned the pot roast, she'd pull out the ketchup and dump that on top and ah, (laughs) amazing. It tastes wonderful. (laughs) Well, the ingredients are red jalapeno chili peppers, sugar, salt, vinegar, and garlic. So one of our listeners, Aaron, thank you, Aaron, let us know that Starbucks is offering sriracha packets with their breakfast items. So if you order something for breakfast there, you can ask for a sriracha packet or, you know, double wink and give them the little sign and they'll slip you an extra one. And then you can take that with you on your next backpacking trip. And we also heard rumors that you can order a secret menu item at Starbucks called the Sriracha Chino. It's the hottest new drink. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, in both ways. Yeah, go try that. (laughs) Yeah, we dare you. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Theodore. Help me out, Josh. Retke. He said, Over every mountain there is a path, though it may not be seen from the valley. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Rather dull moment from the pages. <laughs> it's one of, of the most history. boring stories I could find. <laughs> You're gonna have to suffer through it. <laughs> All right, ready? Here we go. What's the background here? It's the, um, I mean, is this the this Nina Pan- Pinto Santa Maria Mayflower? Or you didn't oh, just Nina say Pinto Santa Maria. <laughs> that, that was uh, that was earlier. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Or corn pops. Is that what they're called? Pop? No, corn. What are the ones that are half pops? It's really great. I already said it was really great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this particular lantern also has a lantern on the top handle. (laughs) Okay, 